Welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. Welcome back. Today we have the most special guest of all because she is our favorite person. Our best friend. You know her. <laughs> She's giving us you the know finger her. right now. <laughs> you know her so well. She's been here She's many been times. <laughs> She's been on the show twice before and she is she is the moment, honestly. Oh, she so is the moment. Everyone give it up for <laughs> Rachel Bachner. Woo, 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 woo. You guys just can't get enough of I me. I can't get enough. You really can't. <laughs> I wish I had more. I know. At this point in my life, I really do wish I had more of you. <laughs> Same. Get on a plane. Come here right now. I would love to. Yeah. You oh say yeah. that Apologies. and then you don't show um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Apologies for <laughs> for my voice. I'm a little bit hoarse. Not really sure what happened. Aww. We're just going to we're gonna push through. Yeah, horse. She's, she's really yeah. pushing through for us. I'm we a appreciate horse. It. So I'm on a horse, motherfucker. Take a look <laughs> <What>? at me. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so as you know, we are on our third season of Songwriting Saves the World. You've been on all three of them. So welcome back to the show. Thank you so welcome much. Welcome back. <laughs> our icebreaker question this season is first concert, best concert. So we want to know the first concert that you ever went to and what the best concert you've ever been to is. Okay. Was. <laughs> Okay. Yes. I don't know English. So the first concert that I ever went to was, um, I'm not actually sure like who put it on. It was like one of those things where, um, like radio stations have, you know, like shows and Mm -hmm. they have a couple of artists. It wasn't like a festival or anything. It was just at like, like some, I don't know, some venue like near Times Square. And, um, I went with my friend who was really obsessed with, um, the wanted. Oh, I don't good. Know if you remember yes. That. Yes. Okay, I the do. Ones that, um, saying I'm glad you came. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she was like obsessed with the wanted and they were performing at this thing. So yeah. it's very <laughs> niche. <laughs> so, so I went with her to that and, um, Chitty Bang was one of the openers. Oh my god! Yes, and um, that that girl that sings, um, "Dancing in the Dark." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this was like a Do you know that random song? concert. <clears throat> yeah, so it was just like this kind of interesting mix of a bunch of random artists, and I went with my friend who was obsessed with the week, not the weekend, the Wanted. Very different. Um, yeah. And it was actually a really traumatic experience. Why, Rachel? Because I was the tallest and they really <laughs> wanted me to push through to get to the front because like <laughs> I mentioned, my friend was obsessed with the wanted. Yes. And so they're like shoving me, trying to get me through these like these rows of girls who are all obviously obsessed with the same boy band. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and in the process making some enemies. Right. I didn't I didn't care about this band. I was going to support my friend. Right. right? But they made me like, like, top of the list for like most wanted by these <laughs> by, girls. The, by the crowd. Somebody, <laughs> I was public enemy number one. They put <laughs> they, someone put gum in my hair. No because way. Because they were so mad that like yeah, it was a really big just it was a whole thing Wait, and like I was just there. I was like a freshman what? in high school. I think. Damn, that really <laughs> sucks. Yeah, so I was like. Or maybe younger, eighth grade, maybe. I don't know. But basically, 
I was there to support my friend and yeah. I left with gum in my hair, but it's all good. <laughs> and the best concert that I've ever been to is probably Taylor Swift. Hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. Reputation tour at MetLife. It was insane. It was amazing. It was, it was the moment. <laughs> she, so I've seen three Taylor Swift concerts. I saw what? Which I ones? saw Red, I saw 1989, and I saw Reputation. Whoa. And Reputation yeah. was your favorite? Yeah, Reputation was my favorite because I think <laughs> it's really cool to see. Yeah, the judgment in that? Damn. Okay. Were you intensely <laughs> no. in Anique's eyes whenever we talk about Taylor Swift? Like, I, was, oh, I don't you saw, see you, like, you saw being all more three of those and, and <laughs> Reputation was your favorite? No. Interesting. Okay. I was just wondering. <laughs> yes, that was my favorite. And I think it's because it it's like really cool to see how how she's improved as a performer even from mm. like like she obviously the like the baseline was already really so high it's about the growth for you right yeah, it's about <laughs> the growth for me you know like red was amazing but if you compare like even just like how confident she sounded oh singing, God, what is happening it's just the face that she makes like Anika is such a no. Calm I'm just kidding. Person. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. What were you saying? Her maturity, her voice, the confidence. Yeah, yeah like you, compared to the Red Tour, where obviously she still sounded amazing, but just what? she sounded amazing. But when you compare it to Reputation, she just sounds more oh, like see. confident and like yeah, just like stronger. Wow, I love. I agree. That you know her like this. It's interesting too, like um, hearing the re-records now that she's older, how different it sounds for that same mm-hmm. reason, like the confidence in her voice mm-hmm. and like just like the years of improvement and everything just in the way that she performs, like her vocal performance. So it's like hearing these old songs from when she was like 21 years old to now that she's been doing this for how many years. It's such a big difference. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Definitely. This is so funny because we were definitely talking about Taylor Swift last time you were on the show, Rachel. We were talking about Evermore versus Folklore. Oh, man. So Rachel <laughs> always comes with the hot takes. About tea. Right? I don't Honestly, think it's a hot take. I feel okay, like you had a hot take for Evermore. <laughs> People liked Folklore more. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. It's so great. I mean, I love Folklore and I love Evermore, but you were just kind of like Evermore let down. And I was like, oh. <gasps> Oh, I don't yes, remember. I think you did. I don't remember if I said. I think that, that might have been you a definitely quote. Did say no, that. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> How, what do you have to say for yourself now? <laughs> <laughs> really caught red-handed. Um, yeah, no pun intended. Well, I think something that actually <laughs> does <laughs> happen with um, with some of Taylor Swift's songs is that oh like, oh my gosh, they end up really growing on me. Not yeah. that I like. I mean, you know what happened with um, "Look What Look What You Made Me Do"? I heard yeah. it and I was like, I was like, I actually hate this song. Yeah, I, do I was too. like, I was like, this song is not good, and I don't like it. And then it kept, obviously it didn't go away. I kept like listening to it, and uh-huh. then now I love it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's actually that song true. also grew on me. That song that had shock like, value. Yeah, yeah. The only song I think that that's hasn't what it grown was. on me is me. That's the only one that just has Yeah, I think same. Me hasn't. That's a that's a valid. Hasn't opinion. broken its way <laughs> through like the seal. Yeah. No. No. And I don't think it ever will. Probably not. It won't. But I appreciate what I appreciate like the the meaning behind it. I think it's a beautiful positive. Yeah, I love the concept. 
And he's like, yeah. I can't be on record saying anything truly negative about Taylor Swift in case she ever hears this. Just know that no. I love you. We My are we ha- we are Taylor Taylor Swift stands here. Yeah, I mean, don't get it twisted. I took the speaker this morning. Like I woke up. Actually, I woke up pretty late, but it felt early in my uh-huh. mind. And I like grabbed the speaker and I went into the kitchen and I started baking a carrot cake. And I was blasting. <laughs> just I've been listening to the ten minute version of All Too Well since it came out yesterday. Oh my god! Nonstop. And my roommate came back from the mall. She opened the door and she was like, "We're listening to Taylor Swift again." Of course. What else would we be listening to? And yes. I was like, I'm like, exactly. What else would we be listening to? And yesterday I mean, as well, I like left my group in a session and I came upstairs and I plugged in my phone to like the big speakers that we do our listening sessions on. And I played the 10 minute version for the first time and laid in the middle of the room and just listened to it. <laughs> so I'm a little intense, but no, it was great. And honestly, we can say that like we don't love me, but that's pretty. That's a really good ratio, given how many songs Taylor Swift has out that we only don't like one of them. True. That's a good point. She has like f- what five albums out? Six? Well, how many? She has nine. Not see nine, and there's only one song that I would be like, I don't like that song. That's yeah. crazy. When most it's of the time, impressive. even artists that are like my favorite artists, when they put out an album, it's like I like maybe half of this. Half, ha- like liking half the songs of like a random artist album is like a high ratio for me. Mm-hmm. So Sasha wants all of you guys to step it up. Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> so Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> this um podcast uh-huh. is on the gay season gay season yay season so how does your oh we can ask actually both of the of the gay questions because we have the time how does your queer identity affect if at all your art and the perspectives you take or the messages you want to send so i think for me what's interesting is that just because of how i kind of came to terms with my own identity it was like it wasn't necessarily that it was like informing my music at first but Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. through music I was able to actually like figure things out Mm -hmm. um so yeah I mean I think anyone who kind of like comes to that realization or like comes out later in life probably I guess it's hard because everyone's experience is different. But like for me, I truly just like did not realize that like yeah. this was like how I felt and how I identified until like very recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I guess what was it like over a year ago? Yeah, I guess over a year ago now. Mm. But so, yeah. So I think because of the timing there. of that and like it was during COVID and like everyone was home. I think the only thing that I could really do was turn to music to try and process that. Mm-hmm. So it became like a way for me to kind of like unravel what was going on in my mind and like find some clarity um, yeah. by writing about it and mm-hmm. like using music as kind of like a way to express that in like such a weird environment because it was like it was COVID it was like I was alone all the time and I was like trying to understand this like crazy like life-changing realization that I was having women so yeah (laughs) I just love it when women (laughs) I just love women so so yeah I think now that I've kind of like 
have a better grip on, I guess, like how I identify. I think Mm it, it definitely like plays a part in, in my music and like kind of what, how I, I, yeah, like totally how I approach music because I feel like I do write for myself obviously, but I also write because I want other people to like be able to like hear the song and like put themselves in that Mm -hmm. storyline too. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's kind of an interesting thing now to consider when I'm writing like pronouns and like, yeah, yeah. That does come up a lot. That comes up a fair bit. Yeah. Like how that changes the story, how it like, you know, maybe like the more ambiguous you are or the more intentional you are with it, like how that can something that seems like a really small detail, how that can really change the way that it's received by a listener. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting too, like the pronoun thing, because obviously you want to strike a balance between like, like having songs that are ambiguous so that anyone could relate, but also like having songs where you do like specifically use like certain pronouns because you want like that to be represented. And I don't know. That's something I think about a lot with writing where I'm like, I want to use female pronouns sometimes because I want to be like acknowledging that and be like, yes. And there's so many like songs sung by women with male pronouns that it's like, let's even this out a little. But then it's also like, I want everyone to be able to relate to it. Mm-hmm. And like that universal thing. So like using you or that or like some neutral things. I don't know. It's just like something to think about that. Yeah. I feel like, a lot of people don't consider when they're writing. Mm-hmm. I think what's kind of like a weird um, like norm, I guess, is mm-hmm. how if you hear um, like a female singer and she's using like he pronouns, yeah. he him pronouns, um, I feel like you still can probably, what like regardless of who you're interested in, you probably still can put yourself in yes. that song. But yeah. like it's like more it's it feels like more of a statement i guess if mm-hmm. like the if there's a female singer and she's using she her pronouns mm-hmm. which maybe with time will go away but um as you were saying that sasha i was just thinking that like when when we were writing ultraviolet mm-hmm. i i mean obviously the song is about like realizing that you have feelings for a girl mm-hmm. and I think that when we were writing it it was like right in the like in the thick of me kind of coming to terms with everything yeah so if we were writing that song now I 100% think that like like she would have been said yeah at least once because it's remember not that. I remember that and I remember like I felt in the moment like frustrated when we were writing that song because I was mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. like more like come like I had known that I was like queer for longer than like you had at that mo- like at that mm-hmm. time and like mm-hmm. was in a different place and so I was like eager to like write something that was validating and like straightforward yeah. in that way um but then like we like obviously talked about it and it was it was just like interesting because it's like there are different ways that people want to express and like show mm-hmm. their story and it was a cool moment, I think. I think at that time, I just wasn't, like, 
I didn't feel ready to like mm-hmm. have that be in the song, even though it's so it's so weird because that's it was it wasn't like a secret that that's what the song was about. Like mm-hmm. it was the entire concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just it was like I was coming to terms with it like internally. But then the thought of having to like sing it. Yeah. Like I, I just wasn't ready for that. But that I think sense. now like even as I like am am like rehearsing for shows and stuff like sometimes now when I'm singing ultraviolet like mm-hmm. i'll say like she mm-hmm. like randomly that's so cool not like sometimes on purpose sometimes not and so yeah. it's it's kind of just an interesting like growth i guess from like because yeah. i i wanted to write the song i was so eager to like to like talk about it in the yeah. song but mm-hmm. at the same time i like wasn't fully comfortable yeah, yeah. but it, it perfectly paints where you were in that time and as yeah. you like now that you're more comfortable and you like know more about yourself and who you are as you create art it'll reflect that in those Mm -hmm. songs so it really just shows where you were mentally in that period of time when you released the song and when you wrote it yeah Yeah. and then i think like so it it was written what in like the summer and then Mm -hmm. and then by the time like i was filming the video it was like i don't know like five or six months later in in the video there's a female love interest so I think it was like it was kind of like a just a really interesting few months of like realization like coming to terms with it and like even now still obviously like getting more and more comfortable with that it's about the growth for us we love growth it's all about the growth and and to Sasha to Sasha the only growth she wants to see is people becoming gayer. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Fun story. <laughs> what was the, I think my brother, yes, my brother. I was saying, Sasha's always like, I could love you like a little more if you were queer. She's like, you're a great person and I love you, but like I could love you just like just a little more. Just a and little. I, like, I think, <laughs> and I just always think it's so funny. And so I was like saying it to my brother as like just like a lighthearted joke. So I'm like, oh, Sasha says this all the time and like, <laughs> it's just it's just like funny like it's a joke like haha because you yeah. know like, we're bffs and then my brother was like no like i definitely agree like i <laughs> yeah <laughs> my brother's also queer and i was just like you guys suck <laughs> no it's just the truth Didn't yeah he say, my like, brother agreed chris agrees so wasn't he like just because you would be a better person yeah like <laughs> minimally but it's true <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I was like, nice, nice. I thought my brother was going to say something else, but he was, he like took a second. I was driving and he took a second to think about it. And he was like, no, I definitely agree with with Sasha. (laughs) Hey, yo. So that's where we are in life right now. All sexualities are beautiful and wonderful. Duh. Love yourself. Love who you love. Love is love is love is love. said live it, live it, laugh it, love it. Live, Live, laugh, laugh, love. love, love it all. Well, the second part to that question is yes. who are some of your queer icons and who were some of your queer icons growing up? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This is a good question. It's okay. You can somehow this always <laughs> somehow this always <laughs> circles back to Shannon Beveridge. <laughs> yeah. So oh in God. so many episodes that's happened. I can't. Well, like Now that you've said it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. So I think what's like, I guess, I mean, I don't know if this is like interesting or this is just like the situation but like growing up I think because it just wasn't something that I thought about Mm -hmm. like 
like I I don't I don't really remember any like like there are no people that come to mind necessarily that are like they were like icons to me growing up because I didn't I like didn't resonate with them in that way Uh because I just didn't really like know (laughs) about Mm -hmm. myself I think like now like look like in hindsight I think that it's a little bit different, but like now it it's more like artists like Fletcher. I knew you were gonna say Fletcher, <laughs> yep. or or even yeah, like 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 Shannon Beveridge. You know we love yeah. we love her her YouTube yep. videos. Like <laughs> I think it's more. It obviously like is more. <laughs> we love her YouTube. Videos. We love her YouTube videos. We loved we loved the cami the cami video. <laughs> I'm gonna make Sasha cry. Yeah, you but yeah, really like know. we don't. Please, not today. I think yeah, like growing up, <laughs> it just wasn't. It wasn't something that like. I think stood out to me as much because I wasn't like searching for that representation because I didn't. Mm. I like didn't really know about myself in that way yet. Mm-hmm. But so now seeing seeing artists like Fletcher or, like, even on like. Like the TikTok like culture of like sweater weather and like girl in red like whatever just Mm -hmm. like it's interesting how like music and like artists have kind of become like such a big part of people's identities and like even though it's obviously mostly a joke being like oh like do you listen to sweater weather like but it's real it's just I don't know it's (laughs) it's it's just cool that like. Pop culture and like music is so closely like associated to, to like pride. To gay gayness, uh-huh. I agree. Yeah. So you're telling me as a kid you weren't like obsessively watching The Parent Trap because of that like hot kid in it. <laughs> this like feels not okay. <laughs> I mean, just like I as a kid, not now. Sasha, do you want no. to tell your story? Or <laughs> yeah. I think that, like, like I said, like, in hindsight, like, I can, like, identify things that are, like, oh, like, that's a little, that's a little sus. Like, yeah. You know what I that's mean? But it's just fruity. That was a little fruity. A little fruity but, of me. But, like, it, w- it just was, like, not on my radar mm-hmm. while I was growing up. Like I said, this was a realization. I was, like, 22 years old. Right. So it's, like it's funny to kind of look back on things, but yeah, like, no, I didn't that. And that's why I think it took me so long is because I didn't have that. Like, why am I watching the parent trap over and over again? Or like like, when that one like friend of yours would like braid your hair and you'd be like, (gasps) (laughs) I have to go home. (laughs) I mean, I think like, like in high school, there are like more of, of those kinds of things, but like also my, deep obsession with Lana Del Rey was like mm. a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. or like you weren't like f- like weirdly like scared of Ellen but like scared and like obsessed <laughs> in the what? same way Sasha <laughs> you mean to tell me that you were scared of Ellen but you're not scared of Jojo Siwa <laughs> stop I wasn't this scared is such of a pro- guys uh, so much of this episode is gonna need to get cut the fuck out <laughs> this is problematic as hell <laughs> I wasn't scared of Ellen. I was just scared of her because she brought up things for me. You just said I wasn't scared of Ellen. I was scared of her because. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like it was like whenever I saw like um, this is something I've talked about with my with other friends I know who are I have who are queer. Like 
queer women, this weird thing as a kid where we were like, like afraid of like mm, obviously like masculine looking like or like butch lesbians or like queer women. And it was because they were so like, and I think deep down it was like internalized homophobia that they were so obviously like gay. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what? Like, that's not allowed. Like, if I can't be that, like, then that's, not, I don't know, like weird stuff. That it was like, I would feel that when I would like see them, I would get this weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Something that I, I like realized, obviously, like, as I was kind of like reflecting on my life, like a weird concern that I had, like, I want to say mostly in like middle school or like mm-hmm. maybe very early high school, but like mostly middle school was like, I, I always like felt a little bit uncomfortable if like, like a girl was like sitting on my lap or something and I was like, I was like, I was like, don't be weird. Like you don't want, like, you don't want to seem like you're being gay. Like, I don't know. I don't even know why. Cause again, it really didn't occur to me like until so much later, but looking back, I was like, why did I like, why was I so weird about No, no. I used to say too. I would be like, if like, I wouldn't be with all, I wouldn't be with everyone, but it'd be like sometimes if someone was like too close to me yeah. or like on my lap or like i was like sitting in someone else's lap and i was like oh like don't like, move yeah. like don't no. be weird don't be weird don't about that's it so weird. crazy for me to even <laughs> imagine because both of you now are just like come be i know now me. it's so different yeah. no but it's it's it wasn't even like it wasn't all the time it yeah. was just sometimes and like i don't even know if it mattered who the person was, I think it was just like little moments where you like didn't feel comfortable in your your skin. I think for me, for me that stopped happening after I was like, knew that I was gay and like accepted it. I think Mm. it was because it would like bring up the like thought like that my subconscious would be like, Oh my God, don't be gay. But now that I'm like, I know that I'm gay. Like I don't like feel weird about that kind of stuff anymore. Well, clearly, <laughs> clearly I was not, I had no idea what, what my it subconscious was trying to tell me. Right over your head. It went over my head. It, it like, went to the next building, next state. I don't circled know. Circled back, whatever. went over your head again. Yeah. And but it's just like, you were like hmm. I was like, wait, did I like miss this flight? <laughs> I, I think, yeah. Hmm? I, it's just, it's just something that I, I like realized later on. I was like, why, why did that make me feel so uncomfortable when I was mm-hmm. like, yeah okay rach we've asked you this before but it's been like so long since we asked you this the first time you're on the show so we always ask the songwriting toolbox question just any Mm -hmm. tips or tricks you have for sessions or writing alone do you have any new additions to your songwriting toolbox cool so i don't remember what i said initially okay (laughs) the audience probably won't remember either so just go for it um so I definitely like keep a running um, note in my phone. Eh, I'm sure you said that one already. <laughs> well, damn. Well, we do. I'm gonna we just get that one a lot. We do. Okay. Well, I do keep a, a running note in my phone. Do you? With, like ideas of like <laughs> concepts or just like titles sometimes, Whoa, or uh-huh. even like I should do that. Like a phrase. <laughs> If I, like, see a phrase on, like, Twitter or something, I'll, yeah. like, write it down. Um, okay. That one did not impress you much. <laughs> Good to well, know. I love that. I love that. I do. I just, I think that you said it already, and so I'm no, kind of hard on it. you. I could have. Um, I'm being, I'm, like, I want you to dig deep. 
I want you to think Mm. about the tools that you've learned within the past, like, maybe a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to think of one that, like, I definitely didn't say (laughs) last time. Why do you think? I just want to say this. This is reminding me of like those Vogue interviews where they like ask the same person the questions like year after year and see like their growth. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. It's kind of like cute, yeah. adorable. Rachel will be um, forty-seven on Songwriting Saves the World. <laughs> <laughs> I just had one and now I forgot. Cause oh, I I'm spoke. so sorry. I'll shut up. <laughs> um. Okay, so something, this is, I don't know if this is necessarily, like, something that would be considered, like, in the toolbox, mm. but I think after we wrote Ghosted My Therapist, Fire song. I think, I think <laughs> that I was more open to, like, leaning into being a little bit, like, funnier. Silly goofy. In songs. Yeah, being in a silly goofy mood in songs. <laughs> no, like, I, I feel like, that session, I, like, remember it very well because I was, like, kind of frustrated going into it because I, like, was having writer's block, mm-hmm. like, around that time. And I was, like, why can't I write <laughs> a good song? And you guys were kind of, like, stop taking yourself so seriously. Like, you just need to relax and, like, oh, rain. Yeah. It's and going to be okay. writing some, like, shit songs at that time. <laughs> yeah, but it was, like, it was, like, just, like, <laughs> stop, stop, like, thinking that everything you, you like, write needs to be so important and so like Mm -hmm. like gorgeous and like poetic and life-changing like it's great it's great when you have those moments where you write something that's like really beautiful but like not everything not not everything I write needs to be like so prolific like it can be funny it can be like just uh, like an honest like you know song about ghosting your therapist exactly um, so I think that that's something that I, I'll like lean into a little bit more now after like having that experience is not being afraid to, to like be a little weird or be a little funny. Um, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. I'm weird. <laughs> Do you see this hat that I wear? <laughs> why is this, why are we roasting people on this podcast today? <laughs> well, um, and by people you exclusively mean me. <laughs> <laughs> And Cole Sprout. <laughs> and Taylor Swift a little and JoJo bit. Siwa. <laughs> oh, I, I love, love JoJo, Jojo Siwa. Siwa. I really love JoJo Siwa. She's on Dancing with the Stars right now, and yeah. it's the first ever, um, like, dance couple that's two, two women. women. Yeah, and I love that. And every single time I see a video of them dancing, it warms my heart. But then I look at JoJo Siwa, and I'm like, you're an adult child, and I'm scared. She's Jojo not. Siwa she's just a teenage is girl. So, is so talented. I don't want to hear I'm sorry, <laughs> going back to okay. I don't want to hear this JoJo Siwa slander. Not to like say that, but I'm her, say that. Her songwriting toolbox. Not to like say that JoJo Siwa is hot, but she is. She's very pretty. Yeah, I love JoJo Siwa. <laughs> period. That's it. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> I love her in ways I can't explain. I just think that she she like figured <laughs> out how to secure the bag. She and did, like, and she did. She's and she's doing it flawlessly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay jojo just know that you have a community here <laughs> oh but right toolbox um toolbox 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 are you trying to make me say another thing uh you, I mean, you don't have to, to you want. I think, yeah you don't have to say three if you don't want to i think the one that you have is a really good one yeah I agree. And I'm, I'm glad that 
you have stopped taking yourself so seriously because I feel like the best songs come out of when you just <laughs> write. That kind of sounds like a roast. Jesus Christ. No, I'm not. glad you stopped taking yourself seriously. Okay. This, this has been a really interesting <laughs> hour of my life. I feel no. very attacked. Insecure, no. hurt. No. I don't mean like that. Unsteady. I'm just in the, in no, the I'm song joking. In the song sense. Because it's I think true, that like sometimes, sometimes I do take myself too seriously when I'm writing, and it can be like, it can make the process harder. I think sometimes it's necessary, and sometimes yeah. it's not. It definitely is necessary sometimes, but like yeah. if you are having writer's block, you especially if you're having writer's block, like just Push write through. Just yeah, like Sasha, we're like yeah. let's have like mindless sessions. Like let's just write to write and like enjoy yeah. it. We and ended up with what? a fucking song called Rihanna's Diamonds one time. It was fucking sucked. <laughs> Honestly, I really like that song. Do you? <laughs> I mean, the line, I'm not cuffed up, so I'm fucked up and dancing by myself. Hey, bars. Bars. <laughs> what do you mean? That's amazing. <laughs> you know what song is that I think that I do like from that time in our lives? Um, Sue My Psychic? No, Sue My Psychic was good, but that weirdly kind of felt like a precursor to Ghost is My Therapist when yeah. we wrote Sue My Psychic. <laughs> no, it definitely is giving off similar energy, also, but they're very different. Yeah, very, like if you really get into the nitty gritty, de- very different things. But what was the one that's like, fuck oh, around and start I might fuck myself. around. Yeah, that one actually oh. slaps. Yeah, that, that one was really good. I actually kind of want, I'm going to make a demo of that. Anyway, that's you different. You should. But see, Sasha, you always say that you're going to make a demo of something, and then yeah, you don't. Yeah, shut up. I know. <laughs> I want to make a demo where's, of that. Where's Raining in Brooklyn? Huh? Stop. I've tried so many times. She made a demo so to bad. that, though. No, oh, I did. Didn't. Yes, I did. Where is it? Oh, it's just bad, so I hit it. <laughs> like, it wasn't a great demo, but it was a no. demo. No, it wasn't All right. great. All right. But that's okay. progress. We're getting so distracted. Okay, yeah. Next. This week, just for, I mean, this is probably going to get edited out because we've just been saying nonsense in between so, questions. Dude, dude, so much of this needs to be edited out. But I'm I serious. Say, <laughs> but no, I will I'm say just going to leave it as this just shows we haven't, we haven't talked to each other, the three of us, in Aww. so long that we're just like actually just wigging out right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like not okay. Like we can't even focus. I need you guys so much. I'm sorry. I like I'm in desperate you. need of your assistance. <laughs> I miss you so much. <laughs> I'm gonna start crying. I'm you. like I'm gonna cry. Right now. I'm like, come home. I come home at night and I lay in my bed. And I'm just like I have a single tear and I'm like I miss my friends. <laughs> I know. I know. I miss I you miss guys you. so much. I miss your smile. <laughs> <laughs> I still shed a Every once in a while. Oh my god. Okay, okay let's do our but last fucking question. Again. I'm serious again. I'm serious. Okay. okay. Rain it in. Okay, so song breakdown is when we ask an artist or a songwriter to break down the creation of a song from the idea to the writing to the production to how they feel about it now that it's out and any other additional things they want to say. We would like you to do that for Pretty When You Cry. So Pretty When You Cry will be out soon it's not out yet but i've posted like a few snippets on tiktok and Mm -hmm. people have been very like um, they've been responding well to it which is always really nice um so pretty when you cry i wrote with megan dervin ackerman she's been on the Um, show go listen to her episode she's awesome and 
So basically the idea that we had was like, I think we were talking about like writing love songs for your friends and like how we think that there should be Mm -hmm. more friendship love songs. And also just like, I think I, and as you guys obviously know, because you are my best friends, I I like, I have a lot of, (laughs) I have like a lot of love for my friends. Like, and I don't know, love, like, I feel like love is always thought about in like a, it has to be like your romantic partner, but Mm. like, I have so much love for you guys. And like, so yeah. So why would I not write you guys a love song? Like, come on. I know. (laughs) So pretty when you cry, um, is the idea is like, I guess the, the storyline that we were kind of trying to tell is, is confronting a friend that you have that, um, is the type to not really express when (laughs) they need like emotional support. And so like, maybe like you can see that Aquarius vibes. Yeah. (laughs) Like you can see that they're, that they're struggling, but Mm. they don't want to say it because you know, they don't want to like burden you with their problems or they just like are uncomfortable talking about well, you know their emotions flashback to anique hiding under yeah. the covers and sag shout out shout out anique <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it's kind of like it's kind of like we wanted to write a song um that said all the things that you would want to say to that friend in that moment so Honestly, i listen to it when i'm sad and i pretend that you're same. singing to me i am singing <laughs> to you that's the thing is i literally am singing to you so yeah so like in the verses um in the in verse one it's kind of like setting a scene of like so it goes it's been a week now since we went out and the mess is still on the floor um i know that face take your makeup off what do you have the walls up for so it's kind of like setting the scene like you go over to your friend's house and you're like oh my god honey (laughs) like we we went out four days ago Mm. like your apartment's a mess like you have your makeup on from last night. Like you're clearly like not in a great headspace. So stop telling me that you're okay and like let mm-hmm. me help you. Mm-hmm. And help so me and help then you. yeah, let me yeah help <laughs> me help you. Um, so yeah, it's like and then the pre-chorus is I see it when you close your eyes and push the trouble out your mind. So don't tell me that you're fine. And then or sorry, that's like the second part of the verse. Whatever, mm-hmm. we'll skip that part. Cut that shit out. So in the <laughs> the pre-chorus um, goes, you say there's something in the water that's been getting to you. You say some pills are hard to swallow. It's how it is. So what's the use? Try to hide, but I know you. I think it's time someone told you. So it's kind of like. I'm about to listen to this shit right after this interview. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like not okay. I'm doing a lot of walking in the snow and listening to sad songs. So I might just cry on my way home and my tear yeah. might freeze. Send me, send me a video of, of you, of you listening freeze. to it. That's Can so you sad. keep it in an ice pack and send it to me? That is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna like clone her? Yes, like, <laughs> yes, if I can. But yeah, so, so the pre-chorus. That's those are the lyrics in the pre-chorus, and um, it's kind of like. I mean, I think everyone does this at times too. When you're kind, of, it's kind of like a, a more poetic way to say like it is what it is <laughs> like it it'd be like that yeah <laughs> and I think everyone kind of has those moments where where you just don't want to like you don't want to bother 
your friends or you it just like feels like a lot to explain what's going on and you Mm -hmm. just like would rather pretend that it's fine than actually put in like the emotional like stress of explaining it yeah and and then the like the main you know hook of the song is just you're so pretty when you cry and it's just basically to be like like there's there's beauty and vulnerability and there's beauty in like opening yourself up to your friends and like and or just the people that you love Mm -hmm. and like if people care about you they want to be there for you and you're so pretty when you cry is supposed to kind of represent like you can give me your worst and like I'll still love you for it yeah I think it does that beautifully the song is incredibly emotional the first time i heard it i cried and just me too i hate crying i literally don't do it i find that shit to be so embarrassing um and when rachel sent the song like she was like oh like wrote the song with megan and like my i i was a ball of tears i was yeah (laughs) i could not turn the faucet off i was just like stop that i'm leaking and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Like, when it comes out, definitely check it out. It's an incredible song, and you're probably all going to cry. Yeah, you will. Definitely. It's okay, because you're pretty when song. you cry. Yeah. I love that song a lot. Yeah. Aww. And, like, let's all cry together. It's okay. Yeah, maybe just throw a blanket over your head first. Yeah. I think it's, uh, this is kind of a side note, but, like, just off of the EP that it's on, like, the 20-something EP, I think it's it's kind of like a fun collection of songs because it goes from hating myself in the summer, which mm-hmm. is obviously like a, it's, you know, tackling something that does feel Body very like, emotional yeah. and like and serious. And then it goes to Ghosted My Therapist, which, again, is talking about mental health, but just in a much more lighthearted mm-hmm. way. And then back to something that feels a little bit more emotional with Pretty When You Cry. And then it finishes with another fun song yeah so everyone go listen when it's freaking out yeah you'll love it thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of songwriting saves the world with the queen that is rachel bachner yes thank you for having me yet again (laughs) follow her socials listen to her music i can't wait i can't wait to be on every single season of songwriting saves the world for as long as as it may exist it's literally a tradition yes exactly everyone's favorite episode of the season yeah the ragey rage episode (laughs) i want to say thank you for having me on i mean maybe it's tradition now but i appreciate you guys including me on season three especially because it's highlighting queer artists and songwriters and people in music Mm -hmm. and as a newly like newly coming to terms with my own sexuality i appreciate it a lot Thank you. For it feels being very validating. Of course. We well, love you, you and your rainbow you. self. Yes, so much. And your rainbow love dog. You. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel's dog is gay if people didn't yeah. know. Yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> he is. Okay, y'all. <laughs> we'll see you next week for an, our last episode of the season. See you soon. Mwah. See you, pretend that I'm a rock star's girlfriend. Oh.